Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good afternoon and welcome into Grant and Danny. You are listening to The Fan. We are taking you all the way up to 630 today. Happy to be with you all over the DMV, and happy to be giving you a chance to win some tickets today a couple of times over. At 4 o'clock, we've got tickets to go see Nate Bargatze at Capital One Arena, and at 6 o'clock tonight, tickets to Premier Lacrosse League action. Some of the best lacrosse in the country right here in Springfield at the St. James in the Commonwealth of Virginia in our backyard. Danny, how are you? Today's been a struggle. Fairfax County schools open two hours late today. What do you think about that? Water came from the sky. It was kind of snowing for a little bit. Big puffy flakes that didn't really do much, by the way. Yeah, big Johnny Cakes Allvilles from the sky that did nothing. And they opened two hours late. I love everybody. Please don't be mad at me. Oh my God, please don't do that again. Just let's go. It's just it's a little damp, right? The ground is a little wet. That's what happened. Let's go. Let's get the children into the school. Let's get them in there. Let's not have them hang around for an extra three and a half, four hours and yell at me because it's snowing. I thought we wouldn't have school. Uh, I know, but we'll go later. Yes, you can do this for a while, even though I can't hang out and do anything that I want. They need to be at school. Let's get them in school. Let's all work to get them in school and keep them there for hours and hours and hours and hours. Let's do it all the days, as many days as we can. Let's all come together and get the children into the school. Let's get them in there. Let's get him in there as soon as possible and let him leave as late as possible. Here we go. We went to school in the wrong era, bro. Yeah. It used to take like an inch or two to not have to go to school. Now the idea of snow does the job for you. Just the possibility of it gives you a couple hours free. We're not Fauquier County. We're not here at Rural Route 9 with with undulating mountains and, and, you know, no ability to get salt on the roads, etc. It was... Pretty wet. It was pretty wet this morning. I get it. Ah, come on. Come on. Here we go. Just say, school's open, and we'll just go to school. Just do that. Quick little State of the Union on D.C. sports. Thought we could kind of go through each team quickly here off the top. Mm-hmm. As we're officially now post-football into the offseason, so to speak. The Wizards played last night and lost 112-104. They're 9-44. and couple things on the Wizards. First... Denny Avdia has been playing really good basketball. Yes, he has. Looks like the contract they got him inked to was a really good idea. 25-7 and last night in 34 minutes for him. And on the flip side of that, have you seen how terribly Jordan Poole has been this month? He is unserious. Jordan Poole (laughs) was 1-for-12 from the floor last night. He scored three points in 27 minutes. He is averaging eight points per game in February. I could not have been more wrong about the Jordan Poole experience. Same. Not that I thought he was going to be an all-star or some 
like great player. I kind of knew his limitations, what he was, what he wasn't. But I thought he would score a lot. Remember all the people all over the country, basketball pundits, not just you and I, who thought because he's going to get a million shots, he's going to average 24, 25 points. There were people suggesting he could be in the running to lead the NBA in scoring. We're at a point now where it's like great when he makes a basket. I don't know what happened to him. But this is so, so not what I thought we were signing up for. Same here. I couldn't have been more wrong. I thought, good change of scenery candidate, right? Getting out of the shadow. There's a lot of pressure playing in Golden State, right? With championship aspirations and he and Draymond Green. We know the incident. We know what happened. He needs a change of scenery. He's going to be a focal point of the offense. He's going to be a bit of a playmaker. He'll get to the line sometimes. He'll knock down shots. He can go one-on-one against anybody. He at times looks disinterested. I'm not saying he's not trying, but you know what I mean? Like It lo- looks as if this is sort of a fun little uh, pickup game at Barry Farms. He's doing the N1 mixtape tour, and he's one of the guys that may not make it on the bus to the next city. I, he's been a disaster. Yeah, I, I just think right now the shooting slump that he's in and the funk that he's playing in, it's very obvious. It's very loud. You know, you can't hide right now if you're Jordan Poole. He's just not hitting shots. Wiz back in action in Nolens tomorrow at 8 o'clock against the Pelicans, and then they are in Denver on Thursday, uh, taking on the Nuggets next week, which is a game that I have highlighted as you get to watch Joker against the Wiz. As far as the Capitals go, Danny, good news, bad news for you here. Mm -hmm. They have created a situation where they're up against it to try to make the playoffs at this point. That's the bad news. Because they struggled so much over the last month or so, the Caps are in a spot where they got to start stringing wins together and really stacking some pennies here, picking up points if they're going to make the postseason. They're currently 11th in the Eastern Conference. Eight teams get in. They're six points, essentially. Three wins off the pace from the Red Wings. And they no longer have a bunch of games in hand like they did earlier this season. They've played the same number of games as Detroit at this point. They're also just not as good a team as Detroit. Mm -hmm. As an example, the Red Wings are plus 16 in goal differential. The Caps are minus 34. So this is a tall order to try to get into the playoffs. The problem is not that they have to get hot. The problem is the toughest part of their schedule is coming up and continuing now, and they have to win a bunch in that stretch. They're 3-5-2 and two in their last 10. It just hasn't gone very well for them uh, lately. But I will say that ex- over the last week or so, things are trending in the right direction. They played two tremendous games, 3 nothing shutout against Boston on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Best game of the year, maybe. Played a really good game Sunday against Vancouver, against maybe the best team in hockey, a club with, that has 76 points more than anybody else in the NHL. Took them to overtime. Very easily could have gotten two points. So those two games give you a little hope. But the bigger story might be, for a lot of you guys out there, that Alex Ovechkin is rolling right now. And thank goodness. Uh, this this is the silver lining, right? This is the thing where you're going, okay, maybe they'll lose. Maybe they'll struggle. We knew that was a gamble coming into the year. You don't count on you know, Nicholas Baxter basically being all but shut down and, and one step short of retirement. You don't count on Kuznetsov contributing like a, you know, a, a third defenseman, uh, you know, part of a third defenseman pairing in terms of points scored, then again, you know, shutting it down. And of course, we wish him the best and hope he gets healthy and, and well. But the underachievement was, is obvious and it's there and the injuries. You thought this might be a possibility that they wouldn't be great. But at least Ovi would be ripping off goal after goal after goal after goal, right? Marching down Gretzky hadn't happened. Although the last five games, 
he's gotten some benefit of some of the breaks that he was totally devoid of in the first half of the season. Yeah, Pat goes off a skate, goes into the net. Statistically, he should have more goals than he does, right? And and those things tend to equalize. So part of this is good fortune. The other part, though, is he still has a nose for the goal, and you get some leads, you get an empty netter to kind of keep the streak going, et cetera. It's like you know a Ted Williams hit streak. Or, you know, Joe DiMaggio hit streak. They, they're not all line drives in the book. Sometimes a little, you know, a worm burner or a ground ball with eyes or a little duck snort falls in. You need those goals, too, if you're going to chase down the great one. This is kind of a nice little exhale here where you can have still big picture disappointing season by his standards. But if he's in the mid-20s in terms of goals by the end, I think we'll feel a lot better about his chance to chase down the great one. Yeah, he's got goals now in five consecutive games. If you count the last game before the break, which was an overtime loss, at Dallas. But since the All-Star break, Ovi went away, hit the beach, comes back refreshed. They have played Montreal at home, at Florida, at Boston, and then Vancouver at home. He scored in all four of those games. He's got five in his last five, seven points in that time. And those five goals over five games, to your point, two at even strength. Good to see. Five on five skating. Two on the power play. They're starting to get going. Yep. Him from his office at the power play has just not been at the level it was for so many years. Not necessarily anything he's doing as much as the power play was largely broken. And he does have the one empty net goal in this stretch as well. He just moved ahead of Gretzky, by the way, on the all-time list for empty net goals. So his percentage of empty netters is a little bit higher than Gretzky's. But it's funny because every time he gets an empty netter, you know, the suggestion or the point is like, man, he scores a lot of empty net goals. How about just now? This last goal was when he moved ahead of Gretzky, who had the same number in his career. And I don't play that game anyway because... With all due respect to Gretzky, the greatest hockey player to ever live, probably. Look at the the game he was playing in. Look at the era then. Mm-hmm. Look at the size of the goalies and their pads. Looks like they're playing in a soccer net. You know, like it was so much easier to score for Wayne Gretzky than it is for Alex Ovechkin. It's not even close. It's why for me, he is the greatest goal scorer to ever live. Same here. Whether he gets to Gretzky's number or not, hopefully he does, and then it's all the more easy to argue. But I'm not going to apologize if he scores 10 extra empty net goals than Gretzky did because you got to play in an era where there were eight and nine goals in games a lot of the time. When Gretzky started, half the guys didn't wear helmets. Uh, it, it, it was a different time. And it doesn't, again, when Gretzky's the greatest player ever, he's the most dominant player maybe in any sport ever, by the way. When you look at what he was doing relative Correct. to other folks, this is not a diminishing Gretzky segment. It's simply pointing out that it's harder to score than it's ever been. The NHL, as other sports have gone, you know what we like? Offense. And it shows like, not for us. We want more clutching and grabbing, and we'll let goalies wear 70 pounds of, of gear to take up the entire net. It would be the, it's the opposite of football, right? The equivalent of, you think about the NFL, and this era about passing and yards are easier to come by, touchdowns easier to come by. It would be like if the NFL changed all the rules to be way more violent and physical and DBs could be held and pass interference was never called, and so passing yards were very rare, and someone broke all of the passing records from back in the day. That's what Alex Ovechkin's doing. But he's just playing better hockey, too. Mm-hmm. Like There was a point before the break in the first half of this year where not only was he not scoring goals, but when he was on the ice, he just wasn't helping them. And he looks different and better, and I'm hopeful, as he's been averaging right around four shots per game and scoring once per game since the break, also getting back on defense and just skating a little better, that maybe something has clicked. So that's the latest on the Capitol. State of the Union, D.C. sports here with football in the rear view. Washington Nationals, Danny. Do you guys realize that pitchers and catchers report tomorrow? Like for, tomorrow. 
tomorrow. Washington Nationals, pitchers and catchers, showing up in West Palm Beach, Florida, tomorrow at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. I, I'm assuming we're not going to spring training this year. I have not heard anything about it. I would be siced to go down there for a couple of days and just watch baseball. What do you think? Danny Ruye, Grant Paulson, Darius Dameron, Ryan Clary. Let the boys ride. We just head down for a weekend, eat a little barbecue, and we watch some spring training baseball. I will do Darius it as long. Clapping, by First of all, Darius is in. I will do it as long as you guys agree to be ready to order when the waiter comes the first time. If everyone could agree to that, I'll do it. I'll do it with you guys right now. We'll, we'll book our trips during the show. I'm in. I want a Saturday, Sunday, maybe a Monday, and we can come back a little three-dayer. Or do we do Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I just need to hear the crack of the bat. I want to smell the grass. I want to see C.J. Abrams run, and I want to see uh, Dylan Cruz take an A.B. I just want to see Dylan Cruz. That's a handsome dude. I want to see James Woods standing there looking like he's Mm -hmm. Aaron Judge as a young boy. I want to sit in our spot under that little makeshift tent by the fence. And I want all those pitchers lined up throwing their bullpens. You know what I'm talking? You know, look, we're right there. We're facing it straight on. I remember. And that hits that catcher's mitt every time. How's that one look? It looks good. It's nasty because everybody's nastier than they've ever been. What's that? 97 with a little arm side run. All right, let me mix in my split cutter change fork. I want it. Regrettably, those pitches in the national spring training bullpen aren't going to be as nasty as we want them to be. You don't, know what I mean? No, no, but not now. Yes, yes, but not now. You see what I'm saying? It used to be like Strauss and Scherzer were next Dude. to each other throwing pitches and we're just watching them. Now it's like, um, I don't know. I don't want to out anybody. We're fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. You want to don't. It's not the same. Now, do you remember? I don't remember what year it was. They all they, they kind of blend together. We, one of those years we were there early. We had It was like February when we went down. Maybe like March 1st, but it was like an early time where you and I went to spring training. We were there uh, during the first week of spring training one year. Yeah, that may have been that one. I think it was like Scherzer's first bullpen. Yes. You know what I'm talking he about? He was like mother bleeping everybody. He's cursing and spitting and fe- like paints. Like, some, you know, some, some fastball with a little arm side run back across the outside corner against a righty. Furious at the execution of the pitch, stalking around like you know, like like he's been wronged. He's like John Wick post uh, post dog. Like he's fuming at a spring training bullpen. Like if I was part of the Nationals organization, I would call every young person together and I'd go, "Watch this. This is why. Yeah, you do what he does every second of every day." That's eating, that's sleeping, that's resting, that's stretching, that's talking. Whatever he does, you do, or don't make it. Mm. I want that. I miss Max. I miss just the good old Nats days. Remember those? By the way, they signed Jesse Winker yesterday to a minor league deal. Okay? Now, most of you guys don't care about this, and I'm not telling you you need to. Former 49th overall pick. Probably a 20-time guest on Minors and Majors with Grant Paulson on MLB Network Radio. One of my favorite... uh, People of all time. 30 years old, Buffalo, New York native. There was a time. There was a time. Just a couple years ago, in 2021, when all-star Jesse Winker hit 24 bombs. In the middle of the order bat for the Reds. Here's my prediction. This is his fourth team in four years. He went to Cincinnati, Seattle, Milwaukee. Last year, he played in like 60 games, hit sub 200. It was ugly. Jesse Winker's not only making this ball club. Jesse Winker's starting on opening day for the Washington Nationals. That's going to happen. 
That is your mm. DH on opening day, ladies and gentlemen. I believe that. Actually, matter of fact, can I get... I don't know what song you want to choose, Darius. Give me a song, uh, a, a Dave Jagler starting lineup song so we could give your projected Washington Nationals opening day starting lineup on Grant and Danny. Batting first, playing shortstop, left-handed hitting number five, C. J. Abrams. Batting second, number 28, right fielder, Lane Thomas. Batting third. Can you feel the excitement yet? Yeah, yeah. There's a buzz. Catcher, number 20, K. Bear. Ruiz. <sighs> Batting fourth, he's here to hit bombs and strike out and chew a couple pieces of bubble gum. Left fielder, Joey Gallo. Oh. Batting fifth. Yeah. I don't love this line. You got, you got Joey? This is what we're working you got with. You little Manessis there? First baseman. Yep. Number 45, Joey Manessis. Yeah. Okay. We're still doing it. We're All still right. doing it. Yep, we're you're, good. We're good. You're Reagan cheering in the background? She is fired up. <laughs> Favorite player. I told her he would be here for a week. It's been four years. Batting sixth, designated hitter, non-roster invitee made major leaguer, Jesse Winker. This is where it gets good. You ready for the bottom third? Come on. Batting seventh. Yeah. Third baseman. Yeah. Nick Senzel. Sen Senzel. Uh, who's that? Nick. Senzel. Senzel. Tap, tap, tap it applause. Yeah. Batting eighth. Second baseman. Somehow we're still trying to make fetch happen. Luis Garcia. Hey, he's fun. And speaking of making fetch happen. Here we go. One last ride. Center fielder. Number 16. Your World Series champion hero, Victor Robles. Robles. How's it's it your pitch. Life? How do we feel? Um, that, that feels like 93 wins, doesn't it? That we're, doing, we're doing two-year totals? That'll get you where you need to go. How was today, by the way? Uh, or downstairs. Oh, it was great. About 30 minutes ago. I couldn't get there. Your boy is uh, trying to save some voice and trying mm-hmm. to get some medicine from a Medical professional. It's all relatable, dude. But uh, Danny and I were supposed to have basically gone down and talked to our sales staff about mm-hmm. the 2024 Nationals. You handled it on our behalf. No, How it's great. It, it, it Really really good. Always fun to do you that. You ate a hot dog, which was cool. I did. I felt bad about the possibility of trying to eat a hot dog after I didn't show up for the speech. I thought that would have been poor form. Yeah, that would have I been. went down and I was awkward getting yeah. a hot dog. I can't imagine if you hadn't gotten to talk to him. No, but it was great because the whole point is it's sort of a, hey, what's the state of the union now? And we're, do, we're doing shtick, but... Every Nats fan gets it because we're going, this is nice. I want to watch CJ Abrams. I want to watch K. Burr Ruiz take another step. I want to watch Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gord, Kate Cavalli when he's up and ready. We're all looking at our watches, though. You know what's on our watch? That time that's going to start moving a little bit quicker as we go. It's James Wood season soon. It's Dylan Cruz. With, you know, the, the shot clock is on for him. Uh, you know, some of the other young players in the organization, you can close your eyes and squint a little bit and go, they're not that far removed from having a really fun young core. Now, the division's a buzzsaw, dude. I mean, the Braves are ridiculous. The Phillies are the World Series, it seems like, every other year. Uh, the Marlins aren't pushovers. The Mets are going to spend. Uphill climb. But they've got some really, really fun young pieces. And that's what everybody's looking for. I'm grabbing my graduating in 2024 bell. This bell will be rung each time I'll say the name of a player who's going to be in the big leagues in 2024. All right, Who's currently in the minor league. Okay. Dylan Cruz. You will see him in the major leagues this year. James Wood. You will see him in the major leagues this year. Brady House. 
You will see him in the major leagues this year. Kate Cavalli, you will see him in the major leagues this year. Dalen Lyle. Maybe. What? Oh, I, uh, it's a half bell. Did you ring it or not? That's a half bell. Robert I don't Hassel, know. You will he... see him in the major leagues this year. Mm. Trey Lipscomb, you will see him in the major leagues this year. You get the point of the dude's story. Oh, yeah. DJ Hers, you will see him in the major leagues. DJ uh, Cole Hers, Henry, do, 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 do. Jeremy De La Rosa. You're going to see a lot of the guys we've been talking a lot about in the minors over on Bustin Loose Baseball and here on Grant and Danny graduating. That's what this year is. Then hopefully they spend in the offseason, bring in some major league talent and supplement. And next year they can be in the, the mix to the get mix. over 500 and who knows, compete into the summer, which would be nice. Uh, let's get into the commanders, the one team that we didn't cover in the State of the Union next. You will not believe who one sports book says is going to be their starting quarterback in week one this season. It's a veteran. It's a free agent. What would you think about a vet signee and trading back? We'll dive into that next on GND. Welcome back to Grant and Danny on the fan. Thanks to Earl for the update. Those ratings that he just mentioned in the update are mind-boggling. Yep. 124 million people on average. That's not like the peak. On average, at any moment, there were 124 million people watching the Super Bowl. It was apparently the most watched TV program ever, and it was the highest rating. So per percentage of how, you know, whatever TVs are on, the highest number of percent were on the Super Bowl. The last time the percentage was that high on any one thing, mm -hmm. you know what the answer to this is? The previous actually, Super Bowl? No. No? The 1969 moon landing. Moon landing. Think about that. The last time everyone gathered around their TVs in this country at the same rate as the Super Bowl on Sunday to watch Patty Mahomes and Brock Purdy and the boys mm. tackle each other. The moon landing in 1969. Because we've never been. No, no one had been, so that was a pretty big deal. Football destroys, man. Yeah. They own a day of the week. They're going to own a couple more if they want to. How about the – we didn't really talk about this Super Bowl week. So the Thursday night opener is going to kick off the NFL season, as is generally the case. Then they're going to have a Friday night game outside of the country. They're going to play the Friday night game, which the Eagles are hosting. There's actually a really good chance. It's in Brazil, by the way, that the commanders are going to play in that game. They only have eight opponents that it could be. Oftentimes in week one, you open in the division. The Eagles have opened against Washington more than any other team over the last seven seasons. So it stands to reason we could potentially have a Friday night commanders opener this year. But Thursday... Then Friday, no game on Saturday. We'll watch college football. We'll figure it out. We'll be okay. We'll be all right. Sunday week one. I'm praying for the, the Friday nighter for Washington for a few reasons. Most notably, though, I really want to be able to sit and watch Sunday ticket all day for the first week of the season. It's my favorite thing. If I got to be at FedEx, which is fine. you which know, is, it's fine. I like going to a football game, too. Mm -hmm. But you're missing that 1 o'clock window. If I could either get a primetime game on Monday night or Sunday night game or something, mm -hmm. I prefer that because that 
first batch of games kicking off. 12.58, the countdown clock's on for Red Zone. 101, every game, ball's in the air. It's a brand new season. There is nothing like that feeling. Give me only on my television at home at 1 o'clock over anything else. Like, I, w- I would prefer their games, I'm doing a little bit of shtick, not be televised. I want no primetime games ever for Washington until things are different. If I get 10 years of sustained excellence, I'll change my my stance socks on this, maybe, where I'd like primetime games to happen again. I want that 1 o'clock comfort, red zone during the commercial breaks. Primetime games are for the real teams. Eventually, I'd like to get there again. Maybe maybe with new ownership and one of these, what's the guy's name? What's it called? The guy that's in charge of your organization that makes a lot of decisions? Josh Harris? No, that's the owner. Adam it's, Peters? It's, it's this role. Yeah, but what role does he have? They haven't had one in 30 years. What's it called? General manager. That's it. Yeah, yeah they got one now. So maybe there's a chance. In 25 minutes at 3 o'clock, a little off the beaten path for us, I will say, but we're excited about this. The head coach of Team USA Men's Soccer, the U.S. Men's National Team, Greg Berhalter, is stopping by. They just announced today that they've got a match coming up at FedEx Field. So we're going to talk to Greg Berhalter about that, uh, the match they've got in the Copa Tourney. But also, Danny, we're two years away from the World Cup in the United States and the big announcements of many of the uh, sites where the games are going to be played took place last week. We found out that Berhalter's American club is going to be playing its games in L.A. and Seattle. Unfortunately, they're staying out west. Yeah, nothing east coast. We're not going to get to see them early on in the tournament uh, out here on the east. But I thought it would be like six or seven sites. I didn't realize. I mean, the sites are all over the country. There's, It's Mexico, Canada, obviously all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Close to 20 sites that they're going to have the World Cup games in. It's really neat. It's a cool showcase for, for North American soccer. I know that doesn't move the needle for a lot of people, and they roll their eyes when they hear about it, but... It really is the world's game, and everything kind of stops, and all eyes will be on, you know, again, mostly uh, the United States for for those, uh, you know, for those games and for those rounds. But this is an opportunity for the U.S., right? Because they're they're going to qualify because they're one of the host countries. They'll they're kind of building towards, you know, sort of improving on what they did a handful of years ago. Hopefully, they can make some progress. But we'll talk to him coming up at three o'clock. All right, here's where we wanted to get started. So there's a sports book out there that put the odds together for where Kirk Cousins is going to end up landing this offseason. And the number one destination for Kirk Cousins is the Washington Commanders. Now, I don't think Kirk Cousins is coming here. He could command upwards of $45 million a year, probably looking for like a two-year $90 million fully guaranteed contract, something like that. I don't think Washington's necessarily a fit. But... Before we get to the angle that we pulled out of this, what's your reaction to the possibility of a Kirk reunion in D.C.? Commanders need a quarterback. Yeah. He's a free agent. He's made it very clear over the years that he would have no problem coming back and playing here. What do you think? I think it's one of those things where they're going to get someone to part with their money, right? Because they don't know the baggage. They don't know the, the all the situations. They don't know all the water under the bridge, et cetera. And it's the kind of thing where someone would go, Oh, he played there before. He's got some comfort. It's a new regime. He might want to go back. I, I just think it's too complicated. Now, maybe I'm maybe I'm stupid, and maybe I'm naive, and I'm, I'm dismissing it, and I shouldn't. Because as you said, let's say hypothetically, and this is not the craziest thing in the world, let's say the new brass here in Washington does not love any of the quarterbacks in this draft and doesn't see them as a true franchise guy, despite you know the hype of a Daniels, the you know the 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 kind of prototypical central casting look of Drake May or the unbelievable playmaking of Caleb Williams. Let's say they don't love it. 
let's say they don't they don't see it really happening, and and to them it's just a bunch of a Zach Wilsons running around. That's not the craziest thing in the world to go. We'll we'll take the established veteran where we know we've got a really high floor. Try to surround him with some good talent because we got draft picks out the end. We'll probably acquire more if we trade back. Uh, we've got salary cap space. We could build something pretty special here pretty quickly. And you know, him and Kingsbury could make beautiful music together. That's not the craziest thing in the world. I just dismiss it out of hand like it's not a real possibility. Yeah, I don't think it's realistic. I think that if Ben Johnson had come here, it was possible. Cousins and Ben Johnson being in the same division have a bit of a relationship and crossover, and I think there'd be more appeal probably. But I get it, right? It's the best available free agent quarterback by far. It's a team that needs a QB in Washington. And so when you're looking for a home for Cousins, you're going to link him to a bevy of the clubs that need teams. And he's obviously been here already and has said publicly that he would come back here. The guy was playing at an unbelievable level. He was on pace for like 38 touchdowns and 11 interceptions or something like that this season when he got hurt at the midway point of the year. He was on pace to throw for almost 5,000 yards. He was playing at a top five level in the league. So it would not be crazy to me to link him to any of the clubs that need a QB and say, why are you going to mess around with a crapshoot in the draft when you have a proven commodity? The problem for Cousins is he's coming off the Achilles, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be just fine. You saw him on the stage at the NFL Honors event. Did you see his dance moves? Yeah. That that didn't look like someone that was that hobbled. Now, he wasn't like popping and locking and doing backflips or anything, but he was moving around. It looked like he'll be okay by week one, I would say. Uh, And he is going to be 36 years old this football season. So those are some of the drawbacks as far as him trying to go get another four or five, you know, six-year deal, whatever it is he's looking for, you know, at this point. But here's the the more realistic, authentic conversation I think we could have, right? Someone's going to pay him. My guess is teams like Atlanta, Minnesota trying to keep him. Uh, There's going to be a club that brings him in, and he'll play really good football for them. I just don't think it's Washington. So then the broader question could possibly be, Let's dismiss the idea that you're going to pay $45 million a year for Cousins or $40 million a year over three years at you know 120 or something mm-hmm. for Kirk. Would you have any interest in trading back and signing a veteran? No. The problem is there aren't that many veterans available that are any good. You know, Beyond Cousins, the drop-off is massive. But I'm curious. I know how you stand, Dan. You know, I'll give my take on this in a minute as well. With our listening audience, you're picking second. A lot of people have suggested trading back, getting a bunch of assets, you know, going and, and loading up on picks and trying to address the defensive end spot, the linebacking position, bringing in weapons around whoever your future quarterback is. Should the commanders consider, and we'll give you some of the veteran names that are out there, a veteran QB and trading back and stockpiling assets? We'll get into that next on G&D. Grand Danny, this is Kirk Cousins. Just wanted to reach out and say congratulations for 10 years on the air together. I was so lucky to get to be a small part of it for three football seasons. I miss you guys. Julie and I both miss you. And who knows, maybe someday we'll boomerang back and I'll be able to finish my career there in D.C. and we can do another season of call-ins after games. Blessings, guys. 
That was Kirk Cousins back when we were surprised by uh, the producers and CK with a bunch of folks calling in to celebrate our 10-year anniversary as a show. Yeah, we were like, that's nice about the 10 years thing, but do you hear what you just said? <laughs> Coming back? The old boomerang back? <laughs> yeah. There is a sports book suggesting Cousins ends up in D.C. this offseason. Uh, I would say the chances of that are slim. Look, if for whatever reason, let's just hypothetically suggest, Adam Peters came in here, and their plan was to win pretty quickly. If he sits down with Dan Quinn and Dan Quinn goes, I got weapons on defense. I can make this a good defense. I can get you 10 wins this season. Go get me a quarterback who can play. Let's not play the long game with a young quarterback. Then clearly Cousins would be right at the top of their priority list. I just don't think that's where they are. It's year one of a rebuild. They have the number two pick. Mm -hmm. You want the rookie contract quarterback rather than someone you're paying 40 plus million dollars to. So I don't necessarily see Kirk as a fit, but just seeing a sports book come out and say Cousins to D.C., best odds, made us think about the possibility of a trade back with a veteran QB. And the question is, is that something you'd be open to, yes or no? They have the number two pick. Presumably, Caleb Williams goes 1-1. They don't trade up. They then choose between May or Daniels. But in an event, Danny, where... They move back from 2 to 7 or 2 to 20, and they pick up a ton of seconds and thirds and first the next couple of years or something like that. And then they come back either up the board to grab a quarterback. Maybe they take uh, Bo Nix and they sign Ryan Tannehill. Or maybe they sign Gardner Minshew, who's a free agent, and they end up drafting a quarterback like Spencer Rattler or something in the second or third round. Is this something that you would be open to, yes or no? So that's a no for me. But the thing that I would I would add is I've been, frankly, pretty surprised at the pulse of people that that's exactly what they want. I, I don't know what it is specifically, but among this, uh, uh, if you're drawing circles of, of you know Venn diagram on this fan base, I think the number of people that have been scarred by high quarterback draft picks not panning out, whether it's here or elsewhere, combined with the fact that this organization was known for having different starting quarterbacks every time they went to the Super Bowl – and great offensive lines and built a different way, there is a pulse of people that has no interest in drafting a quarterback up high, despite any percentage or anything uh, that you could show them data-wise that says this is your best chance to get one. They don't seem to care about that. And there's a huge pulse of people that are suggesting doing that exact same thing, not even drafting somebody, going, stay a two, take Marvin Harrison, probably the best player overall on this draft, and surround some veteran journeyman guy that we've done a million times over, just the names change, with... A good roster and see what happens. It's almost like they've been conditioned to do so. I've been really surprised at that. Uh, that that pulse is so significant and and uh, vociferous. Look, Cousins will have a better 2024 if he's healthy than the rookies that they're bringing in here. That's not really the end game, though, right? That's not the whole point. So for me, I'm drafting whichever of those two guys, Daniels or May, that I like better when I'm on the clock. And I think that the rookie quarterback contract is invaluable. Although I would point out that I think only once ever has a team won the Super Bowl with a quarterback on a rookie contract. So as much as we love the idea of mm-hmm. it, 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 in this era with this draft situation, it started right around 2010, I think, was the first year of this new draft slotting system. There really aren't examples of it having gotten you a title. It, Almost did with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. There are other near misses. Yeah, the Rams with uh, with Goff. But yes. I think you got to just take your quarterback. I go back to trying to do the thing that gives you the best chance. 
as often as possible, whether that's hiring a head coach, drafting a QB. It's a gift to have the number two pick. It's a rarity. It almost never happens. It's the third time that they've had a pick this high in 24 seasons of football in the 2000s. And one of those, you had to trade the farm to go up to do it. So I'm taking a quarterback. I'm taking my chances. I also don't think, but it's a coincidence, Danny, that the last time you took a quarterback, too, was kind of the closest you've been to seemingly getting it all right and, and everything lining up together. Yeah, you had the rookie of the year and you won the division, right? I mean, I, we we that's not high achievement for a lot of places. For here, that's as good as it's been. That was really good. Steven is in Denver listening on the Odyssey app. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. Uh, wanted to chime in here. Um, so, look, I, I understand the value of getting the quarterback at number two. And many would say, and, and I agree for the most part, that that is your best shot at getting a, a, a franchise quarterback. However, you know, if Peters and, and the brass are not sold a thousand percent on May and Daniels or whoever is left, you got to look at moving back and loading up. I mean, how terrible would it be to get a quarterback? And they're pretty good, but you have that the team is so bad that the quarterback turns out as a bust. Well, and yeah, it sets on... you back, right? I mean, thanks for the call. Thank it's you, a buddy. really good call. If you're wrong on the quarterback, it cripples you for a few years, no doubt. The, the problem with that logic, and it's a great call, you're never going to be 1,000% sure. You can't be. You're never going to be 100% sure. It's a crapshoot. So you got to be confident for sure, but you, you're never going to be sold. The question is, what is that line of demarcation? If you like a guy enough, then you got to do it. But if you're 65% sure, that's where I think he's got a point. If you're going, well, we got the number two pick. This is the guy that's probably going to go number two. We need to take him. That's not a good enough reason to do it. But if you're really confident, you can't be 100% sure. But if you you love the player, then you got no choice. So the thing that, that I think that nobody else seems to is I'd rather that guy not work out to such a colossal degree so I can be back in this spot again. Instead of be mediocre and go from journeyman to journeyman to journeyman to be 8-8, eight Ron Rivera style. Andre, Upper Marlboro, how are you? Come on, good fellas. Hey, man, you hit it. I mean, I, I don't know what that caller was thinking, even though I understand where he's coming from. But the problem is you, you stand a chance to get Kurt. You will win more games than you won last year. And to me, if you don't make it to the Super Bowl, win or lose, You've taken yourself out of position that, like you like you called it, once-in-a-lifetime chance at picking an elite quarterback. You you could set yourself back by bringing Curry and giving them money and not picking that quarterback. Right. Now you're picking in the middle of the league again. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that, you know, if it goes badly, 13. If it goes really well, 19, 20 range. And that's not where you find your QB of the future, very likely. The U.S. men's national team has played more matches in the D.C. area than any other city. They're 16-5-6 all-time in the DMV, and they're coming back to D.C. First time since 2019 playing at FedEx Field. First time since 2012. We're going to talk to the head coach of the U.S. men's national team ramping up for the World Cup, Greg Berhalter, next on Grant and Danny. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t